Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, you know exactly what to do. Please smash that like and subscribe button over on YouTube. Please, five-star review on Spotify. Pretty please, five-star review and say something really nice about me and my friend and special guest today, Sam Carliner. He's a criminal defense attorney. Okay. More importantly, he's a 10-time Ironman finisher and adoption adoption advocate sam how you doing today man i am doing great michael so stoked to be here with you well i guess wait so the defense attorneys you're the good guys right uh my clients think i am yeah all right yeah no i was just <laughs> setting you up that's an easy lawyer joke for everybody but no I, I appreciate what you do i'm sure you do a lot of great things we don't need to get into that side too deep of the business we'll talk about it a little bit but sam very excited to chat about what you do Ironman, endurance, sports, all this stuff. It's absolutely crazy to me. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on my Peloton 20 minutes a day and that is absolutely enough for me, but excited to learn a little bit more about what you do. But first, before we do that, Sam, the first question I have for everybody on the, for the love of sports podcast is why do you love sports so much? The reason I love sports so much is the live real time drama. It, it's happening. You're, you're watching it or participating in it, in it as it's happening, as it's unfolding. The storylines are changing. There's the excitement, the sadness, the intensity, the anger, the jubilation, just every gamut of emotion. And it just it's it's better than clicking on a TV show. Ain't that the truth? And no offense to anybody who watches the Kardashians. If you've listened to this show, you've heard me say it before. Do you? I just want you to be happy. I don't have any like I don't know why anyone watches that show when you could just put on a college basketball game in March or if you watch that Super Bowl, right? Like like right. all of these things that we get the opportunity to do, this is what I live for. Even a college basketball game in February does it for me. I watched a couple last night that were pretty good, right? And it's just I don't get it. There's something there's something about it, especially fandom that comes involved with it too, right? You can either be as happy as you ever were if you're a Chiefs fan or you can be the saddest you're ever gonna be if you're an Eagles fan, which I'm very grateful for. Um but no, no there's nothing like it, man. Right, and it changes on a dime. An absolute dime. Absolutely. I love that. That's good and, stuff. So, And that's what's great about being a participant in it is that not only, you know, just you're not just watching it, you're you're, you're living it and watching it unfold. But- with, with that, like, because you're living in it, right? As me as a fan, I can sit on the couch, maybe I have a couple bucks on the game, whatever it may be. But, like, I have literally zero, 0.0% any, you know, no butterfly effect will make me have any effect on this game. So I'm kind of just at the whim and, you know, at the, at the, at the behest of whatever is happening. You as a competitor, though, you have to feel like you obviously have something to do with it. Does that make it better? Does that make it more frustrating? Like, like, what are some of the feelings that you go through knowing, like, I've done better than this before. Why can't I now? Or, oh, my gosh, this is the best I've ever done. This is incredible. How do you kind of deal with that internally? So for me, it's it's almost everything you just wrapped up. And especially in Ironman, you know, you're not talking about a, a short 20-minute or even one-hour event. You're talking about, you know, for me – 11, just under 11 hours, others 12, 14, 15 hours. You know, think, think about that. That's a long time. And it's how you not just balance your emotions, but it's your ability to uh, go to plan B, go to plan C when something doesn't work. How do you adjust it? You just referenced the Super Bowl, right? Whatever Andy Reid did at halftime, right? He made his adjustments. Well, you have to make that adjustment a half mile or a mile into a swim, 60 miles into a bike ride, 15 miles into a run. And the only thing you can guarantee during the race 
is you will be making those adjustments. <laughs> and you're making those adjustments as the athlete, as the per- like you have to think while doing right like and, right. and i'm sure you practice enough so there's less thinking involved to allow to do this but that must make it a hundred times harder it does and you have to really know your body and, and listen to your body have you I go back to my first my first race i remember you know everyone's iron man you got to train it's it's swim bike run well no one told me about eating and nutrition and you had to worry about those things and what if it's a really hot day or humid day a rainy day so it's just a gamut of emotions and you know, how you balance all of those things and take it in chunks. It's, look, I guess it's a lot of, in many ways, it's the way I live my life and I take it in pieces. You know, you can't, you can't take one step and I think it's going to be completed like that. Absolutely. There's a lot of steps involved. Just as another aside, I have a good friend of mine who works for the New York City Marathon and she was saying this year that it was um, unreasonably hot. And I was like, or not, not hot, right? It was like 40 degrees or whatever it was. And everyone's like, yeah, it's way too hot to be doing this. And I'm like, that's nuts. But then when you think about it, yeah, I guess like your body and what you're training and you're used to it being a certain temperature. Like I don't, I don't think about any of that stuff. It sounds like you didn't that first time, but now I'm sure it's a very, very particular piece of what you're doing on a daily basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, mother nature, you, you can't, (laughs) you can't plan for it. uh, Yeah. She, she has some good tricks up her sleeve. So talk to me like, why? I guess that's my question. Why? What? What on? What? What on earth made you be like? You know, what would be fun. You know, it would be really cool to do this. I, I I just don't see it, but I love talking to people that do because I want to learn why. I, I had been a runner, really, my whole life. I had run a lot of marathons, New York included. I had been doing well. I had been competitive, and I woke up one day and and I had known about this Ironman from my childhood. I had seen it on TV and you know the iconic Kona and whatnot, and I just. It just came over me that I considered myself a solid runner, a good athlete. How far could I really push my body? How, how much could my mind control my body? And I just I kind of really got into it and this, this drive to see what was my limit? What was my mental and physical limits? Uh, and that drove me into it. And I'll be honest with you, Michael, when I first entered, I signed up back in, what, 2011? I didn't even, I didn't tell anyone for like six weeks. I didn't even tell my wife because it was such a huge undertaking. You know, how do I train? What do I do? I never did anything like this. I didn't own a bike. (laughs) I went out and bought a bike. I went to the pool. I I assume that was a big like, hey, why'd you go and buy a bike to your wife? That was probably a big like, what's going on? I, I, it was, I, oh, you hit the bike. Six weeks, I told her. Come on, (laughs) man. All right. And that is one of the biggest jokes, you know. When I die, I just hope my wife doesn't find out how much my bike actually costs. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. You're a lawyer. You do fine, Sam. Come on. We're we're, we're good. (laughs) Um, But no, in sincerity, man, like, I, I, I personally don't get it. I, hate endurance training i understand why it's good for you so again i'm on my peloton every day only 20 minutes i it's good for me and that's you know hey i'm grateful for it i get out i go on walks just the fact that as you said 15 hours upwards of 15 hours like that first it just sounds boring honestly like that's that's the thing that gets me like i can watch football for 15 hours but i can't really think of anything else that i could do for 15 hours straight like how like do you get bored i guess like during these ridiculously long races i i can assure you i've never gotten bored um okay for me i'm fairly competitive so i'm always focused on what i'm doing and and where i am in the race and how i'm feeling 
but I do take the time to look around because there are some beautiful races. I, you know, upstate New York and Lake Placid, gorgeous. I was out in St. George, Utah, beautiful. I've been to Kentucky. I've been, you know, there, there are just some tremendous places. And, you know, you, you talked about why before, you know, for the love of sports. And I said drama. One of the things that's so cool is during the race is that not only is it your own drama that's unfolding for you, but as you look around, there's a lot of drama around you. Like everybody's in their own, everyone has their own story. And sometimes you get a glimpse of it. Sometimes, you know, people are doing great. Sometimes people are collapsing and it's, you know, that agony of defeat type story. And the way Ironman races are structured, you're racing on the same course with the pros, right? So unlike the New York City Marathon where they take off and you never see them, you know, you may see the pros going the other way on their bike. I mean, you know, and a lot of the pros at the end of the race, they'll come down and cheer on people coming in hours behind them. That's really cool. That's that's like you're in it. That is pretty cool. And, and you know, I, we spoke prior uh, to, to hopping on here. Bob Babbitt had him on the show. And one thing that always struck me about him, and really it, it sounds like it is a very tight-knit community when it comes to Ironman racing, racers, and really everyone kind of being in it together. And I think that speaks a lot to that point where these racers that are professionals in their own rights, and, you know, they're finished, they're done, they're whatever, they could easily go and sit in a cold tub or do whatever they need to do for recovery. But instead they choose to help foster that community and foster that engagement within the community and go out and cheer on someone like yourself or someone like one of your friends that, as you said, is hours behind because, hey, you're doing this for fun. You're doing this because you love it, right? right? They're doing it to make money. And, and then they're still doing that to come out. I think that's a huge, huge piece that will only help the community grow even even stronger. Right. I mean, it's really, it, it is a sort of special community. Um, well, you're all putting of, yourself through hell. So like you might as well, like, you might as well right. like try and be friendly about it, right? And, well, and everybody recognizes that when you get to the starting line, nobody rolled out of bed the day, that morning and said, oh, I'm going to do this. Everyone's yeah. been putting in the work, right? So, so just getting to the starting line is, is a big accomplishment. And it's going to be a long day and racers are supportive of one another. Um, you know, you have people that are more competitive than others, but it's it's that community that I think people thrive off of as well. And it's actually one of the ways, one of the reasons I got into using Ironman as, as a platform for adoption and, and fundraising. I finished my first race. It was super exciting. And I felt a little... Almost a little empty, like like I missed some, I missed an opportunity. I missed something because I saw so many other people uh, carrying on their cause and and using it as a platform. And because it doesn't really matter what time you cross that line, you cross that finish line, you are an Ironman. You 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 have won. And a, a quick little side story: I was at a race. It's not important. Twenty fifteen, maybe. I had a pretty good day, pretty good time. And we went back to the hotel and shower, changed, ate dinner. And a lot of competitors and their families come back at 10, 30, 11 o'clock for the last hour to cheer on those final finishers. And it's maybe a half hour to go. And this woman comes around the final turn. She's maybe 100, 150 yards from the finish. And somebody reaches over the 
the fencing hands her a sign. She lifts it up and says, I have MS, but MS doesn't have me. Wow. Ooh, chills. That's incredible. Chills. Chills. I, I tell it now. Chills. And I watched across the finish line with this huge smile on her face. And, okay, I, so I was a little faster that day. By hours. Big deal. Like, what she accomplished made me look at my accomplishment like, eh, all right, well, you know, whatever. That's, wow, I was impressed. Well, you still should be impressed with yourself, but that is an awesome story. I think that that's, that, again, that just fosters that, that engagement, that community that I think is so prevalent right. within Ironman and, again, the racers and the racing. What is it? So, as you said, you, you now have decided and, and you realize you could use this as a platform. Has how much before we get into exactly what that is adoption advocacy and you can kind of I want to give you you know understand your story a little bit more has that in turn made you more willing to go a little bit further to go a little bit faster to to enter more races just the fact that you now have something extra it's not just hey can I do this now it's hey I'm gonna do this and this is why does that make it more important or stronger in your in your opinion uh. I think it gets back to your earlier question about how I manage my day and what motivates me during the day. One of the things I do for people that um, support me, I uh, take a big sticker and I write everybody's name on it or at least their family's names on it and I put it on my bike. So I tell them that they're with me every step of the way, that they're, that they're with me during the race and I actually write my kids' names on the back of my sneakers as well. Um, so. 112 miles on a bike, it's, it, it's, it's a long distance. You know, for, so for people that don't know, it's a 2.4-mile swim, which is a long swim. Yes. Uh, open water it. usually too, right? Open water, correct. Yeah. So you're not so in a pool. Not, so you yeah, not in an Olympic-sized pool. Right. Like so you and I are both in New York. If, if you went to the George Washington <laughs> Bridge and you went across and back, you'd be maybe halfway there. <laughs> right, maybe almost two miles, but not 2.4. It's a long way. And then... 112 miles on a bike you know just think about getting in your car and driving for 112 miles but you know you're doing it on a bike and i know that people are you know nowadays they're following online following on the app i look down and you know i, I see those names on my bike i'm like i got people that are are pulling for me and and counting on you know sort of counting on me and that is a little extra inspiration to push a little harder and and not let up that's awesome I love that. That's absolutely fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the, the how you're utilizing Ironman as a platform for adoption advocacy. So I created my family through adoption. My, my children are adopted. Um, I currently sit on the board of Forever Families Through Adoption, which is located in Rybrook, New York. And one of the things that I saw that I could use Ironman for was to help um, – educate people and spread the word about adoption as a way to create a family and also educate the people that are out there that so certainly for uh, women that have made that loving choice to to not keep a child for whatever reason they find themselves in there could be many uh, for doctors hospitals social workers who don't always you know so when they speak to people they don't always know that's an option so forever families through adoption does a lot of counseling to uh, pregnant women 
to let them know that that is an option. You know, sometimes people find themselves in a situation at the last minute and they don't have a plan. Education is important. And there's also people that want to be adoptive parents don't either either know how to go about it or they don't even realize it's it's an option. So the education piece, the getting the word out there piece uh, really became important to me. Um, so it sort of blended into the fundraising to help out. And additionally, it's grown into a bit of um, sort of scholarship to, because it's, it's not an inexpensive endeavor. Um, and not just for the adoptive parents, but what a lot of people, un- unless you're in the community, don't realize is that, you know, a lot of times post-adoption, the birth mother wants contact, but maybe not directly, maybe, you know, phones, maybe. And the agency, Forever Families Through Adoption, sort of acts as that intermediary, not just, you know, a month or two months out, but a year out, two years out, three years out. So it helps, you know, connect the birth mother to the adoptive family they know what's going on with the sharing of pictures and letters or texts or phone calls. So it's it sort of encompasses everything and every little every little bit helps. Absolutely. I think that's an awesome cause. I mean, this is the first essentially I'm hearing of it. Obviously we knew adoption was a thing, right? I have friends who are adopted, family members who are even adopted, and you know right. you would you wouldn't know if you if you didn't know, right? And that's kind right. of the nice thing about it. But it seems like this uh, this uh for, forever uh, forever for, forever families through forever adoption. Fam- okay, thank you. Yeah, it sounds like they're doing a great job and, and helping with a lot of the other things that as you said, people aren't really thinking of. You think of, oh, you adopted this kid. Well what about Everything else that comes with it. It's right. not just an easy one-on-one conversation. It's a very in-depth conversation to have to have over many uh, conversations. So that's right. awesome. That's fantastic. It is. And it really, not only is there education for, as I said before, for the adoptive parents and, and the birth mother, but you'd be surprised at how many people in the sort of medical, hospital, social work field don't even realize that it's a viable option. And, and just as an example... In, in New York and, and in many other states, if a child is born um, drug addicted, the hospital is required to, to contact the state. And social workers come in and they take the child, foster care. And foster care isn't always, uh, we're going to give, you know, it's three months that you'll have your child back, right? Mm-hmm. It, and if the social workers and the nurses know that adoption is an option and they know that forever families through adoption exist because we've gone out there, we've spoken to them, they make a call. We can have a counselor there just to counsel the birth mother about her situation. In a, you know, it's, it's not a pressure you need to do this, but here are the options. And unfortunately, the way the hospital controls it, you are in a limited time frame. So it's nice to have a unbiased sort of neutral person coming in and explaining what your options are where you can have a relationship with the adoptive parents you can you know have contact with the family and the child and pictures and you know it's a much more i think beautiful and loving option that does sound very nice it sounds like an awesome cause and it's great that you were able to again take your platform and raise this up and just let more people know about it. I mean, how much money did you raise? It's almost over $40,000? Over forty-five, pushing $50,000, yeah. That's incredible, man. Well, yeah, kudos really and congratulations. So 
talk to me a little bit more about how you are using this platform. It's it's awesome that you're putting up stickers, right? And you're writing your kids' names on your shoes. But I feel like there's a little bit more to it than just some names on a – not just some names. That's, that makes it sound shitty, sorry. Than names on a piece of paper, right? I'm sure there's other things you're doing to help, again, the, the, the advocacy of this program. Certainly. I would say – well, certainly, you know – being fortunate enough to be on on your podcast, right? That's an easy right, one. right, right off the bat, right, win there, right there, man. There was a softball right there um, to really get the word out, and and I try and <clears throat> talk about it because, as you said, you know people that are adopted, but if they didn't tell you, you wouldn't know. And funny story, I literally forget my one friend's adopted all the time, and then when he right. tells me, I'm like, oh shit, dude, I like totally forgot I had zero right. idea right it's like a, a new new fact i learned like every two years right so no one no one wears it on their sleeve so getting out there and keeping the conversation going because it's so many times you find it's six degrees of separation right and all of a sudden it's if the more you can get out there through shows like yours through these um informational sessions that we help run through forever families through adoption as the word grows and more people know more people are willing to speak about it and the next thing you know somebody's connecting you know oh my secretary has a friend and she's pregnant or or when forever families for adoption works with birth mothers we've had situations you you can go on on forever families for adoption website you know three years later the birth mother may or may not be in touch with the family it's it's their choice but they stay in touch with the agency and the agency has been sort of their a bit of a support network for them. And then wouldn't you know, they know somebody all of a sudden who's eight or nine months pregnant finds themselves in their situation and all of a sudden they make a connection and the person goes, oh, I I didn't know. So that's been helpful and, you know, through technology and the upside of COVID, Zoom and platforms it's much easier for an agency like Forever Families through adoption, even though they're located in Rybrook, New York, connect people in Texas and Missouri and California and across the country. I mean, we do international adoptions as well, but it's opened up this whole new world. So there's actually an information session going on this week. It's a Zoom information. There'll be people from all over, right? So it's, you know, the, the more you can broaden it and connect people and people in different uh, professions and different circles. It's, you know, sort of organically spiderwebs out. Word of mouth. Yep. Best marketing on planet Earth, and that's not even close. Um, I, I think that's awesome. Again, this is the advocacy that you have, the clear passion that you have for this uh, for this cause. Obviously, it touches very close to home for you, so obviously uh, right. it's, it's pretty important to you. And and with that, I want to get back to, again, kind of the, the, the hand-in-glove fit that comes with the Ironman races and the fact that you do have this cause. So you, you've finished 10 races. There was COVID in there. So I'm sure you could have probably finished a couple more unless you did one of those like backyard marathons that we were seeing go viral <laughs> in 2020. Not. No. Okay. <laughs> um, how, like how often are you seeing other people, as you said, with, with causes, how often, like how much of the community now knows that you've been doing this for 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is, how much have you seen the community grow around the idea of this adoption advocacy that you have and being able to really just be like kind of, oh, that's Sam. This is this is what he's passionate about. This is what he loves. So what I would say is I can tell you that in, in the individual fundraising that I've done, every year it has grown. 
And, you know, so that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So right off the bat, the fact that I'm able to attract that many more people, I'm not always pulling from the same, you know, 10 family members, oh, please support me, is a good sign. And I, you know, I put it out on Facebook, I put it out here, there. I've gotten donations. I don't know these people. I mean, which is part of the goal, but it's, yes. oh, my mother's best friend was adopted. I told her what you're doing. I've got a donation. And, you know, maybe that's going to spur the conversation. So it's absolutely grown. Um, I have it on my shirt, my jersey when I run. I've had people I've had people come up and speak to me, Michael, during the race. <laughs> you know, 15, well, 15 miles in, we're running along. Good for you. I'm adopted or something, you know. That's pretty awesome. Give me Again, more information. Wait till the end. <laughs> yeah, hey, get get back to me tomorrow. But no, I think that just speaks to how important this cause is. And right, there's a lot of people, as you said, the six degrees right. of separation without really noti- no- noticing it. How many other racers have you run into that either have been adopted, have adopted kids? Like, have you had those types of, con- maybe not on the racetrack, but like, well, have you had those types of conversations? I, I, well? I have, and it's actually, it's, it's, it's a really touching story. Back in 2013, uh, Iron Man had a panel discussion of people that were doing fundraising, and I was fortunate enough to be on the panel. And one of the gentlemen who spoke before me was so the Boston Marathon bombing was three months before, and he was raising money for the uh, officer from MIT that was killed. And he goes through it, and his connection, and it's emotional, and it's sad, and it's recent. Draining. And the panel's discussion's over, and we're walking off the stage, and he comes up to me, and he shakes my hand, and he says, thank you for what you're doing. Thank me? Look at what just... As you were speaking, he says, as you were speaking, I'm looking at my eight-year-old son, who's staring right back at me, who's adopted. Mm. You know, so it's... You know, sometimes people don't have to come up to you and necessarily tell you, but there is a connection there um and then i've had people come up to me i've had people uh see it on my shirt i had a bike tech day before the race started asking me i put him in we were in austin texas i was able to put in touch with the agency um and for those of your listeners if you go on the forever families through adoption website there there are so many beautiful stories that have come out of it and yeah i think sometimes i am aware of my reach and many times i'm not I think that's a good thing. Which is a a great thing. It really is. It it just speaks to the power of, as you said, networking and putting yourself out there. And putting yourself out there can be a little bit of a scary thing. (laughs) I think you're doing great. We're already 25 minutes into this thing. You've been kicking ass, so you got nothing to worry about. I I didn't start this way. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I think that's awesome. Again, I think it's such a cool cause and and such a – I, I want to say interesting one, but again, like there's so many, like I, you know, if I do a quick head count, I know multiple people that are adopted. Right. I just don't, you never think about it. So I think that's important that, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's just always there, but you're not really paying attention to it. It's great that you've, you've been able to kind of head be, become a, a figurehead. It sounds like in this type of cause and really helping people understand what's really going on. Well, and I think to your point, once you know somebody who's adopted, Okay, it's just how somebody formed their family, right? It, yeah. It's it's no big deal. But for me, the educational piece or the informational piece is reminding people that this is an option, both on the adoptive parent side as well as the birth mother side, and and that 
I think sometimes people miss or, or not to say miss, but forget yes. that that's a, a viable option. And if you don't remember it and it's not in the forefront of your mind, you may miss it and, you know, life takes different routes and something you may regret when you learn about it later on. So let's get as many people aware now as we can. Yep, and then they tell their friends, and they tell their friends, and there you go. That's how. That's how the sounds like a good works. commercial. Sounds like yeah, right? that's how the spider work web works. Um, this has been fantastic, man. I sincerely appreciate it. a couple more questions from me, and, and this again. So we haven't really talked about it too much. The first thing I said was you're a criminal defense attorney. So again, you're you're the good guy, if I'm not mistaken. Like, how are you utilizing your day job to fund your fun job? to fund or, or to then help progress your passion. I mean, we've gone from Iron Man to helping the advocacy. How do you utilize your day job? And where do you find the time to train if you're a, a full-time lawyer? So I, I I utilize my day job to help fund, <laughs> fund literally my training, right? It's, you know, or, or travel. It's, you know, I, I enjoy what I do during the day. But it and I, I am I am certainly passionate about it. But it allows me to do these other things that I really love even more. So that's part one. Part two is I've learned not to sleep a lot, and I like to sleep. Good for you. <laughs> so I wake up at early in the morning so I can get my training done before I head out to court. Um, What's early in the morning? Okay. I was afraid it was going to say four for a second. Five a.m. Five a.m. for people not watching, but that's still that's still very early. That's still very early. Four that's is early. four is occasionally if you really got to squeeze it in, um, and you need you need the time because if it's just the the simple hour workout, a lot of times doesn't cut it. Um, my kids are older now, so uh, I have a wife who understands what I do and is incredibly supportive. So sometimes weekend mornings until noon or early afternoon or taken up with training. <laughs> That's okay before uh, we fold, you know, get into family life. Um, but training, it, what I have learned, especially as I've gotten older, is I need to keep it fun, right? If training for me becomes a job and I lose the fun, just because I'm putting in multiple hours and I'm losing you know, family time. It, it's just, it's just not fun. Uh, yeah. For me, I keep it fun and never take myself. Although I am competitive and I have done well and achieved good goals, it, it's still fun. It's, it's, it's so, got to be fun. Sam, explain to me how you can make a two point four mile swim fun. What's you doggy paddle for the first mile? So doggy paddle. Well, get? well. So if you're really lucky and you're in. Hawaii, Cancun, okay. or somewhere else, you can see the fish swim around you. Yeah, that's easy, but that, that, we're in New York, easy. so okay. But but if not, it's for me, it, it's taking it in sections, like I said before. And it's sort of looking around saying, I'm a mile into this. I'm in the middle of, for me, I, I do a lot of my swimming, uh, not in the winter, but in the summertime in Long Island Sound. Uh, yeah, eh, water's clean, clean enough. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't drink it, but you no, know. I don't. It's fine. Um, but it's it's just it's sometimes beautiful. Just you're out in the open water, you know. And you just look around, and it's just you, or I'm with a, a buddy. Um, it's a pretty awesome feeling and for me. It's 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 also a very uh, peaceful feeling. 
if you think about sort of gliding through the water, that sort of quiet serenity. Um, I do a lot of thinking uh, when I'm out there about a whole lot of different things. Uh, getting back to lawyering, sometimes I do my best thinking and, and strategizing in the middle of a long run. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. That's like Sherlock Holmes, right? Like he would go and try and get away from the case and that way you're able to actually think about it and right. let everything and, and, kind of sink in a little bit. So clears out your mind. So yeah, uh, long swim workout swimming is sort of my weakest discipline. It's gotten much better. Um, sometimes it's hard to get to the pool or get to the water, but when I'm in it and all of a sudden I look at my watch, wow, it's been 45 minutes and I'm feeling good and you know, there look at go. that person in the kayak just kind of hanging out, not going anywhere, and Sam comes swimming by. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Kudos and congratulations again. It's something that I'm – it's just not for me. I, I figured that out. No, no, I'm that, very that confident. It doesn't have to be but, – but you've got your screen on your Peloton, and you can, yeah. you know, watch the scenery go by. Oh, I do those sometimes. Those are really nice. Yeah, yeah. those are really nice. I get my workouts done in the morning because if I don't do it in the morning, it's just, it's just not the same. It's right. way, way better to do in the morning. So I, I, I'm, I'm on board there. Not quite five close to like seven but you know hey we're, we're getting it done i think yeah. that's the important part if I, whenever i can get out of court early and come home and squeeze in maybe a short run or a oh i thought you were gonna say like a nap or something because you love sleeping so much well, but that's, i guess that's, 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 that's true that, too. that's like evening tv time <laughs> yeah right you're watching tv you're really just asleep the whole time so um i know that you were scheduled to do the 2023 iron man world championships out in kona in Correct. hawaii again referencing bob babbitt dude's the best he's out there all the time breakfast with bob if you're not paying attention to this stuff go pay attention to him. he's awesome but i now as you said you're actually going to be going in 24 out to kona explain kind of what happened there and what's so like how cool are the world championships like so this? i've been able to run the world championships uh the 70.3 distance uh in saint george utah a couple years ago world championships it's just it's it's just a different level of of hype of excitement. It's you know we were just talking about the Super Bowl. It's you go to your local team on any given Sunday and it's fun and it's exciting, and then you go to the Super Bowl and every vendor, marketer, every you know it's just everything's blown up, uh, huge. So that is the World Championships. All the big pros are there, all the companies are there, and they're treating the amateurs like pros, which is a really cool feeling, right? Awesome. I mean, you know you're not, but to be treated that way just for a day or two is pretty cool. Like it's it's like the childhood dream of when I was in the driveway at the age of eight, you know, in my mind throwing up the basketball with game seven with, you know, the, the clock goes to zero and of course it goes in. Um, so it's the World Championships is incredibly cool. And for me, Kona was... It's just so iconic, not just the course, but the weather and everything about it. Uh, this past year in a, in a race, I actually suffered a pretty severe bike crash, broke my collarbone. I've needed a couple of surgeries. So as I'm getting that back, uh, I had the option of deferring 2023, which they moved the men's race from, which is in Nice, France. Beautiful location. But for me, it wasn't Hawaii. So I'll run another uh, long race in the fall, but Kona will be in 2024. That's awesome. Well, well deserved. Yeah, it's gotta it's gotta feel cool. Just like even if they just treat you like a pro for a weekend, like 
There's something about that. Everyone wants to live like that. You know, why do you go to Vegas to live like yourself? No, you go to Vegas to have a good time and live it up, right? Live it up, yeah. Live you a little know, luxurious. So it's got to feel kind of nice. Right. You know, and, and when you – so in order to qualify for the world championships, you it's – you need I, – I came in second. It's usually the top two or top three in your age group. So right off the bat, the level of competition has increased because everybody's, you know, really qualified. You just can't, you know – Sign in. They, they do have a legacy program. There are other ways to get in. There are other fundraising ways uh, to get in for other causes as well. Um, but there is this sense of, for me, you qualify. This is like, wow, you belong. And, and I will be honest with you, Michael, the, the first time I went in uh, to St. George, I almost had uh, like an imposter syndrome. Like, like, like I, I, I belong here? Like, really? Like, I really finally made this? Because um, it just seemed like a pipe dream, um, but once the race got underway, you know it's it, it's like the old Hoosiers movie, right? The the net's still ten feet off the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple strokes into it, and had a had a really good day. So that, that was at the seventy point three distance. So. That's all. And what's the one you're going to be racing? Uh, one hundred forty point six miles. Good for you, man. Yeah. In one day, in what, like 12 hours? About 11, a little under 11. Depends I'm sorry, on the I did, didn't mean to shortchange it. No, it's, well, look. and, and It's as, a lot. I mean, at, think about that. An extra hour of that much physical activity, that's a lot. Well, as my coach once said to me when I had a, a, an off day, you still finished. I mean, you still finished well. Like, don't, you know, you have to learn not to be too hard on yourself and not take yourself too seriously because hopefully you made those adjustments and you got through the race, and and that's an accomplishment in and of itself. It's major. No, no one, no one will ever take that away from you. No, not all ten times that you've done it. No. The multiple more times that you're going to do it, Sam. This absolutely. was absolutely fantastic. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate you coming on one more time, Sam Carliner. He is a criminal defense attorney, but he just uses that to fund his passion of being an Ironman finisher as well as the adoption advocacy. Sam, where can we learn more about you, um, about uh, the charity that you have? Where can we donate some money maybe? Sure. Where can, give us some uh, of that the, information. So, so the best place, um, as I said, is Forever Families Through Adoption is, is the agency in Rybrook, New York. Their website, super simple, foreverfamiliesthroughadoption.org. Easy. Makes sense. And there's a web – so there's everything that they do, profiles of all their families – that they've created there's my page there my fundraising page there so it's one-stop shopping love it that's super easy i'll put that in the show notes for everybody so they can check that out but other than that sam this has been sincerely fantastic i really appreciate it i appreciate your time it's the only thing we don't get more of and you use a lot of it exercising so thank you for doing (laughs) that but also thank you for your time i think the audience as well for theirs it's the only thing we don't get more of so really do appreciate you for that but other than that Hope you have a great day, man. Thank you so much. I, I will. This has been great. And, you know, the next time I sleep in, I'll wake up at 7 and we can uh, hop on a Peloton together. Look at that. You uh, Shoot shoot me a text. I might uh, might be asleep still, but we'll see how that goes. But no, sincerely, <laughs> I appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Michael. Beautiful. 